0: Turn with me to 1 John 5, uh, we're going to be in two verses there today, and like I said, this will spill over into, into next week. And uh, we're in a study of Deuteronomy, and in Deuteronomy 9, we finished up Deuteronomy 9, and we see Moses praying very boldly, in, uh, and, and seeing him uh, uh, approaching God, and it's, and and just crying out on behalf of Israel and the nation, and so we wanted to take a pause for a moment and just uh, spend a few weeks talking about the theology of prayer, just the the truth of prayer. And here in 1 John 5, uh, verses 14 and 15, John writes this, this is a confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from Him. Lord, reveal truth through these verses. Lord, even in, even in tough verses, even in verses that challenge us, even in verses where maybe we would say in our own life they don't match up to necessarily what this verse says. Help us to be a people that responds in faith. That trusts. Lord, you've said it. And so it's so. Lord, as Terry expressed, we don't don't trust in diagnoses. Our hope is not, Lord, our hope is not founded in the stage of our cancer. Our hope is found in our Father. And Lord, we pray to a Heavenly Father. Thank you that we pray to a Heavenly Father that hears us, that loves us, that longs to be gracious to us. Lord, thank you that we pray to a Heavenly Father that If we ask for a snake, He'll not give it to us, but instead He'll give us something better. Because Lord, we confess that sometimes we don't even know our own heart when we pray. And sometimes what we need is bread and we ask for a stone. Sometimes what we need is bread and we ask for a snake. And Lord, thank You for being gracious and not giving that to us. Thank You for the fact that every good and perfect gift flows down from you father you are the giver of good gifts lord i pray that we would trust you with what you determine to be best lord i pray that we would be a people that knows this word and praises this word and knows that look that that we're looking into the face when we pray of a heavenly father who loves us and has promised if you pray anything according to my will i'll do it lord may we be a people that's content and at peace with your will not our will with your will and thank you for the the many blessings and the ways that you've answered prayers here and in our lives and may you continue to do so and receive much glory in doing so and we ask these things in your name. Amen. Well John writes here first in 1 John 5 I'm sure that what he's doing is encouraging us to pray and so I want to make sure that I do the same. Scripture is clear throughout the, with the the fact that God hears our prayers. You can look at Psalm 65, 2, and it says that God is a hearer of prayers. He is a hearer. But at the same time, if we're honest, it seems at times that many of our prayers seemingly go unanswered. That it seems we launch the arrow... And we're not really sure it hit the target. We're not sure if it's been answered. And, and what John says here in, in 1 John many times does not mirror my experience with prayer. And so what do we do? I mean, John is teaching us. What he's telling us here is nothing, it's nothing new. We find this same truth throughout Scripture even in the words of Jesus himself, I mean, for many of you in your Bibles, it, it, you can go back into the Gospels and these, this truth is going to be in red. Now, you know it's important when it's in red. I mean, you, you you take the verses that are in red real serious. The ones in black, you know, sometimes we're a little iffy on. But the ones in red, you know, but, but all Scripture is inspired. The, the words in black are the same truth and the same weight as the ones in red. And I say that jokingly, but you can go to Mark 11, you can go to John 14, you can go to John 15, you can go to John 16, you see the same exact truth that John brings us here. You ask anything according to my will, you have confidence two things that I hear you and that I'll answer. And so why, why, why do our prayers so oftentimes go unanswered? You know, yesterday I was at uh, Cusar for a birthday party and um, it was a children's birthday party, but a couple of us adults jumped in there, of course, to play Cusar with them. That wouldn't be right for them to have all the all the fun. And uh, they needed us for moral support, I'm sure, more than anything, and just to keep the rules abided. So we played, and on the scorecard after the game, they give you... they. I mean, it's all for all the world to see. I mean, this lady's yelling out, uh, Who's number three? I'm number three. Well, you finished dead last. Good job. You know, you, who's number and they give you this report card and it said one of the things that stuck out to me was a hit ratio and it tells you hey you fired 898 shots and you hit three people (laughs) and and it would show a hit ratio the hit ratio for our team ranged from like 15 percent to 40 percent and there was no hiding it i mean it was there on paper You couldn't say, oh, I did awesome. Well, your paper says that you shot 842 times and you hit 14 people. And not only that, it said 10 of them were on your own team. (laughs) You know, I mean, I was looking at it like you hit and hit you. And and I had more hits on the green team that I was on than the orange team that I was. I mean, if you came around the corner and and I was shooting you just for safe keepings, I was going to shoot you. And, and one of the thing the thing that, the thing that stuck with me as I, as I was driving home, I thought about this. I, I never once had a hit ratio over 50%. Not once. And, and I started thinking about today's message and thinking, well, what if somebody printed out a scorecard of a hit ratio of my prayers? You, you fired up 842 prayers. How many of them were answered? How many of them lined up to God's will? How many of them lined up to God's word? How many of them were focused on me versus focused on others? How many of them really went up with the spirit of, hey, not my will, but your will be done, Lord, versus no, no, this is how you're going to do it, and, and you're going to get graded, God, on doing it my way? I'm only going to count it if you do it my way. My, my hit ratio then would probably be worse than my hit ratio at Q's are. I've prayed for salvation of people that were never saved. I've prayed for marriages to be reconciled that were not reconciled. I've prayed for people to be restored that seemingly never saw restoration. How do we balance all that? And I'm not one, I, I trust in the sovereignty of God. I'm not one that feels like I need to try to get God off the hook. He's God and He's good and I trust Him. We don't need to feel like we need to get Him off the hook. He's more powerful than I am. He's the all-powerful one. He's the sovereign one, not me. He's the one that will always be good, not me. He's the one that will always be true, not me. And as I thought about that, the, the conviction, the conviction on the answer was this, the fault is with me. The fault is in no way with God. The problem is my desires problem is my heart. It's not with God. The problem is what I what I want prayed for. And and as such, this has not been necessarily an easy series, because if I'm honest, you know, you expose a lot of failures and your own shortcomings when you start talking about prayer. But what I want to do through this is keep us motivated with regards to prayer. And I want us to be a church that is if not anything else, is praying for one another, and when we send in a prayer request, we can have confidence that we're praying for one another because God does answer prayer, and we'll get to that he absolutely does and so in first john five fourteen we're we're really springboarding off of deuteronomy nine twenty five and 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 Moses says this, So I fell down before the Lord for forty days and nights, which I did because the Lord had said He would destroy you. That, that's really the springboard that we said this, this little break from Deuteronomy is coming from. And I want to look at four truths. We're only going to look at two of them today for the sake of time. But I want to look at four truths with regards to prayer. And and, I, and save your handout, you have your binders Keep the handout. We'll print them again next week, and, and we'll fill in some of the blanks if you miss them. But I want to give us four truths over the next couple days that hopefully will encourage our, prayer, our praying, our praying, our praying but, but it will challenge us as well. Because I want us to approach prayer correctly and, and biblically. The first thing I want us to see as we, as we look at 1 John 5, 14 and truth about prayer is this. Prayer is a response to the presence of God. It's response. Moses in Deuteronomy 9.25 says, I fell down before the Lord. He was in the presence of God as he was praying. He knew that prayer brought him in to the presence of God. For Moses, he was there on the mountain. It was a special thing. But look at verse 14 of 1 John 5. This is the confidence that we have, which we have, what does that say? Before him. Literally, that word there, before, it means toward. When when we pray, our face is toward God. We're before Him. There's so much that we could say just about that little truth right there, that when we pray, we are coming before God. Things that would challenge us, things that would convict us, what scripture and, and not only this passage, but the rest of scripture teaches us is that prayer is about being in the presence of God. I understand that God is, is omnipresent, He is everywhere present. But when we come to prayer, it, it's face-to-face kind of things. It's face-to-face interaction. It's one-on-one. And Moses says, He fell down before the Lord. John says, I came and I came and I asked anything. Before the Lord, literally towards Him, face to face. That challenges us with our disposition towards prayer. How do we come into His presence? How do we enter into His presence? With what do we enter into His presence? Do we come wanting to tell God what He needs to do, or do we come wanting to hear God what He's going to do and what we ought to be praying for? Do we come doing all the talking? Or do we come humbly wanting to listen? There, there's a big part of praying that's being quiet. Just listening. Just being in his presence. It, it says in Deuteronomy 9 that Moses fell down. He was, he was humbled at the idea that he was in the presence of God. That was humbling, that, that, that was an awing moment. He, he, was, he was reverent about it, he was grateful. To stand in the presence of God before him. To bring his requests to God. That was a big deal. Scriptures teach us that prayer really is is about the responding. It's a response to the privilege of being able to approach the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. That, That ought to be an overwhelming thought. That I can enter into the presence of God with confidence. Old Testament saint would have, would have been blown away, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and come boldly and confidently. Oh, no, 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 no. They knew nothing about that. The blood of Jesus Christ being shed on the cross, being applied to our lives who are believers, we can enter now confidently. Why? Because our sin has been dealt with. It's been separated as far as the east is from the west. We can enter confidently into the presence of God. And share our request. That's a big deal. And, and as I sat here and thought about it, I, do we realize this when we pray that we are face to face, literally? We're face to face with God. We're talking to God. Do, do, do we oftentimes forget the gravity of that? That, that this, this, is, this is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we're standing in front of? that literally, that I am before the Lord. There there ought to be great recognition and thought. Cry out. Cry out indeed. Come boldly indeed, but know who you're in the presence of. And not only that, understand how you have gained access into His presence. In prayer, we have the privilege of taking our requests literally to the throne, literally, to the one who has the power to do something about it. And we live in a day. As I thought about that, we live in a day that so often we're we're bringing God down to our level. And I, I hear, I, and, it, and they're true statements. But God is our friend. You you can look at John fifteen and. Verse 15, and and he does, no longer I call you slaves, but I call you friends. A slave does not know his master's business, it says. But he's also king of kings and lord of lords. I see shirts around that says, Jesus is my homeboy, things like that. He's more than your homeboy. He's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. And we need to make sure that that we don't lower him down to our level and and we rob him uh, of his glory. Again, there is a sense in scripture that he that is declared Jesus. We are friends of Jesus. But listen, how did you become friends of God? How did you go from being enemies to being friends? Did you earn it? Did you merit it? Was there something in you that said, oh, I need, I need to be, I need, God says I need to be his friend or was it by grace? Did you earn it or did Christ Jesus earn it? Did you die the pri- Did you die for the penalty of your sins or did Christ Jesus die to pay the penalty of your sins? Did your effort tear the veil or did Jesus Christ's effort tear the veil? Do do I approach the throne of prayers in my name or do I approach in Jesus Christ's name? It's grace. I did nothing to earn it. It was all because of someone else's work, namely Jesus Christ. I did not seek him. He sought me. It's all because of Christ and His work on the cross that I can enter into God's presence and pray and ask anything I want. It's because of Jesus Christ that I can walk in to the throne room and lay my requests at his feet and know that I'm, that I'm invited, that I deserve to be there, that I'm wanted to be there, all because of Christ, all because of Christ. God has invited us through grace, not by my merit, through Christ's merit. I'm able to stand confidently and pray, not because of who I am, but because of who I am in His Son. It's all because of grace. And through faith. I mean, don't don't lose sight of this. Be in awe. Be in awe of the privilege to enter God's presence know that it's all of grace through Christ. It's all through Jesus Christ's death on the cross that I can enter and have an ear with God, that I can can plead my case and and ask and lay my anxieties. 1 Peter 5, 7 is casting all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Why does he care for me? Because I'm in his son. Don't lose sight of that. Don't don't lose sight of the fact that I don't deserve to be in God's presence. And and don't come acting like it. Don't don't act like you earned it or you deserve it. No, Jesus Christ earned it. Don't be casual about it. Don't neglect it. Be grateful for it. Be humbled by the opportunity that I I can pray and know, have confidence that God hears me. That, that I can stand before him and present my request, that I can stand not only that with an invitation, that I can just come on in. I, I was thinking about it the other day. We have some some neighbor friends, and and we're sitting there, and I'm sitting there watching television, and and next thing I you know, this kid just walks in the house. And I, you know, you get startled because I'm I'm glued, I'm watching a game and I'm glued into the game. And I know where Karen and Sarah are. They're not coming back anytime soon. And all of a sudden, there's a kid just come walking in the house. i How you doing? Hey, I just want to see if Bradley's here. Like, can you knock? I mean, guess what? Unless you bear the name Basham, you knock. That's just kind of how it works. You knock. Well, guess what? I was thinking, you know what, that's how I come into God sometimes. But you say I'd bear the name of Christ. I've been adopted. We're family. And God says, come on in. But that ought to come with tremendous humility. That ought to come with great, great uh, gratefulness. I mean, I was thinking about that this, this week. Suppose you had the chance... Suppose you had the chance to meet one. If you could think of one person, if you could have an audience with one person, just one person that you wanted to meet more than anything in the world and somebody granted that request. I mean, think of that person right now. Who would it be? Suppose suppose you could receive the opportunity to meet one person in all the world, the one person that you want to meet more than anybody else. And you were granted, hey, tomorrow at 3 o'clock, you're going to meet the person that you've always wanted to meet. Let me ask you, how would you approach that meeting? Would you think about ahead of time what you want to talk about? Would you collect your thoughts? Would you, would you plan your time around that meeting so that you weren't rushed going into the meeting and you didn't have to rush out? Probably. Probably. Would you make sure that before that meeting, you were, you were all clear-headed? You didn't run into me fra- the meeting frazzled? You didn't run in with your mind filled with a bunch of emergencies and other things? You, you were clear-headed? You would. Would that person have your undivided attention? They would. W- would you silence your cell phone? Would you, would you get away from the computer? You probably would. Would you drown out everything else? You would. Not only that, what would you talk about? Would you want to talk about you or would you want to talk about him or her? Would you want to sit there the whole time telling about yourself or would you want to hear what they have to say? You'd want to hear about them. Would you spend that time talking about how, how privileged that person ought to be to have you there and how great you are or would you want to talk about how great that person is and why you're grateful to be there? Why would you do all of this? Why? Because you treasure the time. Because you value the opportunity to be before them. Because you understand that not everybody has the privilege to be before this person. You, you ever been caught off guard and you run into somebody and it catches you off guard and you, you say something afterwards, you're like, Man, I shouldn't have said that. Man, I can't believe I should have said that. Or, Man, I should have said that. We were in New Orleans one time for the Southern Baptist Convention many, many years ago. And I'm on the phone with my dad. This I probably violated some scripture here, so forgive me in honoring my parents. But I'm on the phone as I'm thinking about this out loud. But I'm on the phone with my dad, and I'm walking, paying attention. Next thing I know, I look up, and David Platt is about from here to here to Jen. And I'm in the middle of a conversation with my dad, a serious conversation. I said, Hold on, dad, just a second. I put it back in my pocket and I said, Hey, how you doing, David? Like we were best friends. You know? And I, and I just told him, I appreciate your ministry and all that. And then, I, and then I just kept walking, and then I realized, oh, man, my dad's on the phone still in my pocket. I'm like, hey, Dad, sorry, that was David Platt. You, you know why I set aside my dad? Because I appreciate David Platt. I knew I probably was never going to get an opportunity to say hi to him again. Now, I guarantee you, he, re, he probably remembers that meeting more than I do. I had to drill. No, I remember more than he does. He doesn't know me. Some of you it might be a boy or a girl that you you fancy or you like you 're like, "Man, I should have said this or i shouldn't have said that you you leave wishing you had said this or that or or you 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 ruin the chance here here 's the thing: Why would God be worthy of anything less? Why would God be worthy of anything less than a mere human? Why would we put more emphasis and and do more to stand before a mere person, a mere sinner, than we would before God. Why would we do that? And and as I thought about it, oh, how our prayers would be changed if we simply understood that we were before God when we pray. And not only that, of how how I was granted by grace the privilege of standing before God To pray. All this other stuff would fade out because I was in the presence of the one true God. That that I I had the ear of the one true God. That I could cry out to the one true God and know that He hears us. That that I have the opportunity to just lay my cares, lay my worries, lay it all at the foot of the cross to, to the one who can do something about it. And that's the the idea here of it being before Him. Prayer is the invitation to intimacy with God. It's an intimate setting before God. Intimacy. Being in God's presence reminds us there there is so much more to prayer than just rattling off our requests. I mean, when we think about prayer, that's what we think about. But but we're missing the point. Prayer involves worship. It involves listening. It involves silence. It, 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 it involves just just uh, me- meditating in that sense of just thinking about God. It's more than just rattling off our requests. Okay, I, get, I asked all my requests and then just rushing out. You, we rush in, we rush out. Prayer is more than just requests. We have to realize when we pray, I'm about to enter the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm about to be before the Lord. And, and, and ultimately it's him to whom my prayers are directed. Not, not just anybody. It's the king of kings and Lord of lords. Prayer. We, we treat prayer, if you're like me, oftentimes it's, it's this. Hey, this is my chance to get my will done on earth. This is a chance for me to fix all my problems the way that I see fit. This is a chance for me to get God to do what I want him to do. Rather, prayer is about being in the presence of God. I'm about to enter the presence of God. I'm about to have an intimate time with the Lord, one-on-one. It's relational. It's relational. And prayer is not so much about fixing the peripheral issues about our life as much as it is about being in the presence of the Lord. Moses fell down before the Lord. This is the confidence which we have Before him, verse 14 says, it is about experiencing God's presence. It's about intimacy. It's about being in his presence, about seeking his face. Look with me at at Psalm 73, verse 25. The psalmist writes, whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart might fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Who are you running to? You're, 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 getting, you're grateful for the opportunity of being with Him. It's the opportunity to be with Him. And, and when we view praying like this, when you understand that, that it's about being in the presence, it's about intimacy, do, do you think that the repeating of certain words has value or merit to it? It doesn't. Just, oh, if I say things perfectly... If I say it in the right order, I'll be heard. It's, it's about being in the presence. It's not about sa- repeating the same prayer over and over. It's relational. As long as I say the magical words, God'll grant my request. As long as my style is right, as long as I can get my form right, as long as I it, prayers are not magical charms. They're not formulas. It's not like a fairy tale where as long as I get the as long as I get the 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 things right, and I say it in the right order all that, hey, God will do it. It's relational. It's about being in His presence. And God says in His Word, look, if your heart's not in it, you're wasting your time. If you come to make prayer a type of witchcraft or, or some abracadabra wizardry, or hey, as long as I say the right thing, you're wasting your time. And, and this is... Uh, This is where the friendship aspect comes in. We do come as a friend. We come invited. We come and we can pour our hearts out. But we don't come trying to impress Him with words or phrases, thinking that a fool God. No, we come as a friend, but we also come in awe knowing that He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Knowing that it's a privilege to have God's ear, to tell Him your heart. To be in His presence. And with that comes boldness. We have been encouraged by Scripture, commanded by Scripture to enter with boldness. To pray with boldness as if you're in the presence of God by invitation. Because you are, but through Christ. You didn't earn it. You didn't merit it. You don't deserve it. And yet through Christ, we have been invited in to have God's ear. Speak as though, I challenge us, speak as though, think about this, speak as though you were looking into God's face when you pray. Speak as a child talking to his father, that even though you cannot see his face directly in front of you, it's there. Full of humility, and awe, and reverence, and gratitude, and joy. It's in these times that we've prayed before God. It's in these times that we understand what it means to be before God. And and that is what it means to be before God. Moses fell down humbled. He was overwhelmed at the idea that he could stand before God. We come with confidence, which we have before him. We can stand before him with confidence. Think about that when we're praying. Don't rush in, don't rush out. Come with awe, come with reverence, come with just gratitude of the fact to to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords hears us. Come grateful. Understand the privilege to be before Him. But not only that, not only is prayer before the Lord, prayer is the opportunity to be heard by God. It is the opportunity to be heard by God. And, And what a privilege, what a privilege. This is the confidence which we have before him 1 John 5:14 that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us he hears us that that's the ultimate that is the ultimate goal of prayer is to be heard it's to be heard to just lay our requests at his feet because i mean if the lord has not heard us we, we've gained nothing and think about that, the, 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 we've mentioned it, but the, the the joy and the awe to have an audience with God, a, a sinner standing in the presence of the one true God. That is an enormous thought, and yet through Christ, God hears us. We're, we're His children, He hears us. I mean, not, I, I think about that. I, I thought about that this even week. All of us are praying at one time, and yet He hears us. He hears me. In, in a similar, all illustrations break down, there could be 20 kids crying out there. Guess what? I know Bradley and Sarah Grace's cry. You know your children's cry. And we hear them. And we recognize them. God hears us. That is an enormous thought, that He hears us. And he says, you can be confident and know, he says, you can know that he hears us. Don't doubt it. Know that he heard you. To to simply know that the one who can do something about it has heard me. It's in his hands. That changes everything. That's why, again, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety upon him. Why? Because he can do something about it. My worrying can't do anything about it. He can. I was convicted as I I looked through the Psalms even this week and studied that word here. When you look in the Psalms, especially the Psalms written by David, David says very little, very little about God answering. David says very little, but he always speaks this way. God, hear my cry. Hear my cry. David was very content knowing, having confidence that God heard him. That God was aware. I'm certain David wanted the answer. But where was David's contentment? It was in the fact that he had been heard by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He had been heard. He knew that God heard. That he was aware. He, He asks more than anything that God would hear him. Hear my supplication. Hear my cry. The challenge for us is to be content knowing that we've been heard. Not wondering if we've been heard. Knowing we've been heard. God has heard me. Knowing knowing this, this confidence, if we would have this confidence, it would bring tremendous peace to us when we pray and have prayed because we would know God has heard me. There would be tremendous peace. Hey, the one who can do something about it has heard me. Your heavenly Father, He knows that you have needed these things even before you ask, Matthew 6 says. He knows what you need even before you ask. Peace. Hey, I've asked. I, I've, done what, I've done what I can do. I have presented my requests. I, I can rest perfectly knowing I have been heard. I've been heard. And you think about the joy that it would bring to us if we had the confidence and the peace knowing very simply that God heard us. Not running around anxiously after we've prayed. Not wondering, but just look. I've heard. To come before God and said, okay, I, he's heard me, I can walk away in peace. I can, I can walk away in confidence. I have the peace to stop talking, to mention it. I don't have to keep, I'll mention it again tomorrow and again, but I've, I've put it in his hands. Peace. I've been heard. That you've had your audience with the king, and now... You must begin to praise rather than to continue praying. Now you must go live, knowing in faith that you've been heard. Get up and go live. And at, and at its core, at its core, prayer is a declaration of our dependence upon God. It's a declaration, "Lord, I'm reliant upon you. I need to have confidence that you've heard me. It's a declaration of our dependence. Prayerlessness on the, other, on the other side, the flip side, prayerlessness is a declaration of our independence. I don't need you. That, that, a prayerless life, you're telling God, I don't need you. It, it's a declaration of your independence. And part of what I love about Moses and, and his leadership, and, and one of the things that we can learn about being heard, is, and this is where Moses is very masterful in Deuteronomy, and and this is where we're going to stop. Moses continually, what have we said? The title of our Deuteronomy series is Remember. Moses continually helps them to remember their past. Because you know what he's telling them? You were heard then, you'll be heard now. God heard you then, He'll hear you now. But not only that, Moses continually reminds them, who are you dependent upon, you or God? You're dependent upon God. And not only that, it reminds us of our dependence and god 's faithfulness. You look throughout our lives he 's been faithful to he heard me, he heard me, he heard me, he heard me. Will he be any different today? He will not he 'll hear us and and remembering the past is a is a key component of our living. Today, by faith. And sometimes, sometimes God gives us an assurance that he had heard, has heard us by telling us to remember the past. By taking us to the past and saying, remember? Do you remember? Because he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hears us then. He hears us now. The fact that God heard us in the past encourages us to be dependent upon God and his faithfulness today. And even, even with regards to the, to the Lord's Supper, which we're about to take, Jesus says, as often as you do this, what? Do this in what? Remembrance. You know what He's reminding us of? I shed my blood. I paid for the sins of the whole world on that cross. You can approach God confidently. Why? Because my blood has been applied to your life, if you're believing in Jesus Christ. If you're here and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I, I, I'm, I'm warning you, do not take these elements. Just let the cup pass on, let the bread pass on. Because what God is doing, He's reminding you that, that hey, you don't have the right to take this. For those of us who have believed upon Jesus Christ and had their sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus, He's reminding us, how, how it is that we're in relation with God through Christ. How it is that we can approach God It's through Christ. It's not my own merit. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, of not of works, lest anyone could boast. I enter God's presence by faith in His Son, because I have, by faith I've applied that blood to the sins of my life. And when we take this Lord's Supper, it is a reminder not only who we are, Not only how we became that person, but it was a reminder, God hears us. We're friends. We're in right relationship. Not only that, we're sons. We're adopted sons. And the Father hears our cries. So as you take this, and you spend a moment praying before you take it, I want you to think about these two things. You're before God when you pray, face to face. But not only that, I want you to pray confidently knowing He hears you. He hears you, you're heard.